0: Teach girls to like themselves, and the rest will follow. As parents of two daughters, husband and wife research and writing team, Casey Edwards and Dr. Christopher Scanlon wrote a book about raising resilient, confident daughters who resist social pressures. They released this book two years ago. But then lots of parents sort of started asking them, what about boys? boys are struggling with body image and mental health too. So they started researching again and discovered that for boys to be resilient, confident and withstand social pressures, teach them one thing and the rest will follow. Their new book, Bringing Up Boys Who Like Themselves, is out now. Casey Edwards and Dr. Christopher Scanlon join me now. Kia ora, both of you. Hi, Charlotte.
1: Hi, Charlotte.
0: Thank you so much for your time, Casey. What were parents of boys telling you about their concerns after you released your very, very well-respected book about raising girls?
2: Oh, it was remarkable how quickly the comments started coming in. It was actually the, a couple of days after Raising Girls Who Like Themselves came out, we were actually sitting with three friends and one of our friends started crying. She started tearing up, and which was not the response we were expecting <laughs> when we were talking about our new book. But what she said was, my boy doesn't like himself. And then another one of our friends, she her voice cracked and she said, "I don't want to say this out loud, but if I'm being really honest, my boy hasn't liked himself for a while." And that was the first moment we heard those comments, and they have not stopped from the last for the last 2 years. We get emails, questions on our webinars, stopped at events. Boy parents are just as worried as girl parents that their boys don't like themselves and that they don't believe in themselves. So in this new book, where do you even start? Well, what we realized was that the world is changing so quickly, right? So we as parents, we cannot even imagine what our boys are going to face, let alone anticipate it and prepare them for it. So what we need to do instead is build a strong enough foundation so they are ready for anything. And that was the approach we took. When the cyclones of life hit, they will be strong enough and have the internal resources to withstand it. But the other thing about a strong foundation is that you can soar to great heights as well. So they will have the foundation they need to reach their potential.
0: Chris, why don't some boys like themselves? What, What is it? What don't they like about themselves?
1: I think there's a, a whole range of factors, Charlotte. I think one of the big ones is that, um, often boy, the, the role models that boys are presented with are often, um, they don't kind of exude the kind of, um, uh, attitudes, views that kind of are, are going to kind of, you know, build that positive self-regard that Casey mentioned. Um, so they kind of, and often one of the things I've noticed with boys, And, you know, and I've even had it said to me was that you sort of if you kind of have this optimistic, sunny outlook on life. And I'm not talking about delusional outlook, you know, delusionally optimistic, just kind of being upbeat. um, There's often an attitude that's policed out of boys that they, you shouldn't be that happy. You shouldn't be really serious and you should be on the pessimistic side of things and, and be sort of down. And I think a lot of boys sort of learn that very early on. Um, they don't often start out like that. They start out with a very sunny disposition, very optimistic, and I think that's sort of policed out of them often. And so the role models they get are kind of like these doer, kind of pessimistic views, and they re- they think, well, that's the way you be a boy, that's the way you be a man, and they start to perform that um, initially, and then I think that just becomes the default of, in many cases. And that's a, that's at sort of the macro level, but there's a whole lot of other forces like, you know, such as the ways in which, you know, boys are targeted in the media um, and presented in advertising what a real man is. It's often a very limited idea of what boys and men are. Um, and we kind of like, and they, they just feel like they have to fit into this very narrow model of um, male identity.
0: Yes, you're so right. Because as a society, I feel like we've put so much effort into telling girls to... Rejects beauty image from social, you know, reject, reject that beauty stigma from social media and magazines. And and we've encouraged women to, or young women to articulate their struggles. But have we forgotten that boys need to find that voice too?
2: I think that's 100% correct, Charlotte. And there's been an army of women for generations fighting for our girls to grow up to be anything that they want to be mm. and to have a voice. And we really put a lot of effort into raising girls. But there's still really only one way to be a boy. And part of it is to just, they're fine, leave them to their own devices. And just one issue that makes this so clear is the idea of friendship. So with girls, we teach girls friendship skills. There's so many courses and resources to teach girls how to be a friend. And they come home and we debrief every night and work out strategies. But so many boy parents said, oh, yeah, my daughter, it's just drama, drama, drama. But boys, it's so simple and they just get on with it or they sort it out on the football field. But the research shows that that is not actually the case, that boys struggle with friendship issues just as much as girls, if not more so. But they have already learned, even in primary school, that boys don't talk about it. Boys don't worry about it. And what happens is lonely boys grow up to be lonely men.
0: Mm. You speak about um, boys being tra- strapped in the man box. What's the man box?
1: The, the idea of the man box is, it's a lot of researchers have spoken about this, it's the idea that there is a particular way of being a man. Mm. And it's often stoic and not showing emotion. Um, it of, often puts a premium on physical strength and that's it. Um, and a very limited emotional range. you've got to be serious, you've got to be you know strong, stoic, and you really can't show that full range of emotions that human beings have. so that that's often sort of the and it it's often then tips over into the that's kind of the best version of it. then it flips over into aggression, um kind of you know to- what we'd call toxic masculinity. and so that you sort of get these a very narrow range of emotional states that men and boys are allowed to have and they're often kind of on the sort of negative end of things and so boys are often have this and this is the way to be a man this is the way to be a good man and that's it and in some ways you know there's nothing wrong with being stoic under certain conditions you might need that in order to get through but if that is the default and that's the only thing you're allowed to be that's a really unhealthy way to be because at a certain point that's going to find its way out in some form. Mm.
0: Research has shown that, I think we assume for many, many years that boys' brains are so different to girls' brains, but research has shown recently that that's actually not so true, is it?
1: No, and this is the thing. I mean, so much of the discussion, let going back to the point before about, you know, girls are often presented with all these opportunities, whereas boys, we often treat like they're little brains who happen to be encased in male bodies Mm -hmm. and the idea is that there are male brains and there's female brains and female brains actually tend to have a lot more flexibility and diversity whereas males it's down to the amygdala and that's it and that's kind of the earliest part of your brain and it's so not right if you actually read the literature the from neuroscientists they will tell you that we actually create these brains because the brains aren't, the brains of our boys and, and girls do not come out fully formed that way. They are shaped in relation to the environment. So when people say, oh, no, it's all just they're hardwired, boys are hardwired to behave in a particular way, and they're so different, we create that, and the, the evidence of that is very clear. The good news is, though, is the research shows that, that you can start to see changes in brain structure um within about three months so if you treat boys differently you can undo that and reverse that it also we it's also a sort of cover for we kind of like to think that we treat boys and girls the same and that's evidence there's research after research paper after research paper and experiments show that's simply not the case we treat them quite differently from the time they are um in the womb and then going forward
0: Yeah, that is so true. Where do we start in families? There will be listeners right now that say, yes, you know, I've got two sons. How am I going to do the best job? How do we support our boys?
2: One of the biggest questions and concerns that we found in our research, we asked 15,000 parents what their biggest worries were. And one of the biggest things was that parents felt they needed to make their boy tough because if they didn't toughen him up, he would be weak and so they felt like there was only two options here and if they had to be really really honest they you would prefer your boy to be tough rather than weak and so the idea of and particularly dads were felt that they needed to toughen up their boy and partly this is out of love because they know what it's like to be in the schoolyard right and they're trying to protect their boy so Mm -hmm. they're trying to toughen him up force him into the man box so he won't get picked on, he, he will be accepted on the football field, et cetera. But the thing is, if a boy is going to grow up liking himself, he has to be allowed to grow into the best version of the person that he chooses to be and not what dad or mum chooses for him, no matter how well-intentioned. And <clears throat> it is true that if your boy is growing up to have behaviours and attitudes and values that are outside the man box, It is going to be hard for him in the world because there are very harsh penalties for boys who step outside that. But we would argue that it is so much worse for your boy not to be accepted at home. And so we need to create the environment in our house that is a safe haven. We need to see our kids, believe in them and and reflect back their worth exactly how they are. And so another thing that came up with parents is that they were really worried about peer pressure. Mm. and rightly so. But the thing is, if you accept your boy at home, he's going to be less likely to seek it so forcefully outside of the home. So that's another reason why we need to allow our boys to bloom in their own way. I love it how you write about
0: that you've got to love and raise the boy that you have, not the one you thought you were going to get. Because I think as a parent, when you find out you know, whether you're having a girl or a boy, you create this idea or, you know, this character that your child is going to be. But often it's very different from who they actually are, isn't it?
2: Yes, and we also have to be honest and accept that there is grief in this process and it is okay to be disappointed. It's okay to grieve for the child that you thought you were going to get, but you didn't. But the thing is, we need to do whatever we have to do to get over that. Because Brene Brown, did a a, um, sociology researcher, and um, in America, did some amazing research in looking at the difference between the people who grow up with a deep sense of worthiness and those who didn't, and what what is different between those? Why do some people believe in themselves and other people don't? And it wasn't socioeconomics, it wasn't family structure, it wasn't what school you went to or how much you earned. It was one thing, and that one thing is the people who, believe, who had a sense of worthiness believed that they were worthwhile people. That was it. It was just a belief in their worthiness. And that is the greatest gift we can give our children, and it is also something we all have the capacity to do once we drop the baggage of our own expectations. And so we can give our children the love and acceptance and reflect back their worthiness as they are now, that they don't have to win a race or pass a test or make us proud or give us something we can post on social media. They're already good enough every single day. And that, you give that to your child and you give them the world.
0: What if your boy's authentic self, you know, which, which we want to love and embrace, but what if his authentic self makes him a target for bullies? As parents, I, I would hate that
1: yeah and I think there's some there's some things to say here about bullying is that because boys are going to be people who boys who step out of that man box you know um restrictive model of masculinity they will be the target so I think there's a couple of things you do. The biggest one you can do is to tr- help him and strategize with him to um address bullying as it comes up, so he can try and help him to fight his own battles as much as possible, and one of the things we talk about in the book is um it's it's like having a comeback so if someone says something to him um he's got something ready to go and this has to be something which he can say um that he's not going to get in trouble for that's the first thing he's not going to swear or do anything like that where he might get in trouble from a teacher or another adult that it has to be um it has to be quick so it kind of like has to be just delivered it has to be done forcefully and with a degree of authority um and then he just has to walk away. It is not time for a conversation with a bully. So that's, that's one thing. However, there's no guarantees. Sometimes that might not be enough. So there might be there might be occasions where you need to step in and you need to, um, you know, talk to the school, you might talk to the sporting club, whatever it is about the behaviour and the, what he's confronting. But that really is a last resort. And you really want to kind of try and equip him to fight his own battles because he's likely to have far more success doing that um, than, you know, having mum or dad sort of run in for him.
2: So the yeah. effectiveness of the clever comeback line that Chris was saying is well documented. Mm. Like the evidence shows that kids who use a clever comeback line get bullied less often and less severely. And we have seen this work so many yeah. times over and over again. We have supported parents in teaching their boy that strategy and it actually does work. Um, but we have a role as parents. We need to role play with our boys and our girls so that they, when they deliver that line, they deliver it with authority.
0: So, it's yeah, it's boosting their confidence, but also teaching them tricks to get out of situations rather than um, encouraging them to dress differently or walk differently.
2: Uh, can I that's ask? Right. And that's another thing yeah. with boys is that mm. we need to look at friendship and social interaction as skills, skills that we can teach our boys. And that's just one of many things that they can do. Another strategy to reduce bullying is what we call don't mess with me vibes. Mm. And that isn't, contrary to popular belief, walking around pumping your fists and looking like you're about to punch someone, right? Don't mess with me vibes is an inner sense of self-worth and confidence. And you can give that to your child by helping them understand and define themselves by their strengths, so just one example, say your boy is not very good at maths and you spend all your time trying to fix his maths problem, you know. James has problems with maths. James needs extra help with maths, etc. Well, James will grow up going, yeah, I suck at maths, and that's his identity. But if you spend more time focusing on what James can do, James is really good at computers and he's a great acrobat on the trampoline, then James will go through life going, I'm really good at technology and I'm an acrobat and I need some extra help with maths. Just that shift in attitude will change the way he presents to the world and it will also reduce the chance of of him being bullied. You talk about the gift of
0: unconditional love, which we all should give to our children, but talk about praise to me. How should we be praising our children?
1: I think that one of the the big things is is you really need to focus on appraising outcomes because one of the things about kids is that they're not necessarily going to have the, the they're not going to necessarily um, do everything or sorry praise the process so if, praise them for having an effort and we what we tend to do is we praise outcomes so we kind of like if they get they get a a goal or they get you know I do really well on the test we kind of like praise that but we often don't praise the effort that they put in mm-hmm. and like, so if we kind of reverse that and focus much more on the effort than the process that they did and they undertook to get that outcome regardless of what the outcome is because that's often not under their control sometimes it is but often it's not under their control but we praise that them. we're doing them a world well, well of service because then they're kind of focusing okay well if I keep trying and trying, that's what I'm getting praised for, and that's the good thing. And if I get the outcome, great. But you're more likely also to get the good outcome because they're likely to work harder because that's the thing they actually get praised for and rewards for.
0: Of course. So, yeah, cliche example, but if a child was playing soccer, instead of saying, you got two goals, saying, you ran the whole time, you know, like just pointing the, yeah,
2: yeah. In our house, we we never talk about marks with our kids. So our girls are now in grade three and in grade eight and we just don't discuss it. We only talk about the effort that they put in. Did they try something hard? Was it was it creative? Was it a challenge? Is there something you don't understand and you need to go and talk to your teacher about? Those are the conversations we have. And it's it's quite a confusing idea that if you want your kid to get good marks, stop talking about marks.
0: <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. I like that. Um. I also like how you speak about the single best way to minimise the chances of your son making bad decisions about big stuff, big bad decisions, is to allow him to experience the natural outcomes of bad decisions about the little things. Can you give us an, ex- an example of what's a little thing we could let our boys sort of stuff up on, in a sense, which might then reflect on their future?
2: Yeah, so this is something that Our generation of parents have to deal with far more than other generations. This whole idea that good parenting means removing all the struggle from our children's lives and rushing in and protecting them from things. And so, just a small example that happens in lots of households is, you know, if your boy is mucking around in the morning and he forgets his lunch, then the natural consequence of that is that he doesn't get lunch that day. Now I can hear gasps even from Melbourne about <laughs> from parents in New Zealand as we say this. But think about it, no child starved from ever missing one lunch. But what he is learning is to be responsible for his belongings, and then the next day he will remember that. And that is just one small, example of that you can do now so when he's older and he will learn to take responsibility for his car keys or when he goes to high school he can take responsibility for his belongings in his locker
1: the other thing is that doing this kids then realize it's also not the end of the world if they don't have their lunch and we actually had this instance last week where our youngest did exactly this went off to school without a lunch and we kind of thought should we go no we're not going to do it <laughs> <We're running laughs> and and you know so she goes off to the school and yeah, I think she ends up having to have crackers at school anyway. So, you know, she, she even had some food. But it's a really good lesson for kids to learn that, you know, things can go, uh, cannot go according to the plan. And they can kind of have that little moment of kind of like discomfort and they can learn the world didn't end. It was okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. As a mother, though, I would worry that my child's brain wouldn't work without the food. But, yeah, you're so right. The school (laughs) will have food. And you'll be judged
1: by other parents, too. I know.
0: (laughs) And the teacher for coming in late with the lunchbox. Um, Chris, one of the problems that boys are facing more and more these days, and it's just ghastly, is that uh, body confidence – why has body confidence become such a big problem for boys these days? For for females, we sort of talked about it all the time, but it does seem mm. to be getting body image as a big problem for boys these days.
1: I, I, I And look, I, I think this is a huge issue, and I myself am a survivor of an eat, um, eating disorder. Um, and I think one of the big things is, is media images, particularly of the ideal male, if you ever talk to people in the fashion industry, um, and, you know, the like, they would, in the fitness industry, they would tell you, oh, no, no, it's far more complex than that. And sure, it is far more complex than that, but that actually plays a big role. And I can tell you that from personal experience. The other thing I would say is that, um, so that's the way in which we present normal male bodies to boys. Um, there's a whole conversation, as we said before, with girls, if the whether we give them, you know, a particular doll with a completely unrealistic body shape, whereas often we think nothing of going and giving a Spider-Man or Captain America or Batman figurine to a boy. There's no conversation that goes on about, oh, that's a really, you know, unrealistic, unhealthy body um, shape. We kind of present that as the ideal of masculinity of and course. what is just taken as normal.
0: Of course. Whereas they, they look. If a, if a human had that body, it would be like they'd be on steroids or something. Yes.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think this is this is kind of you know with all the Marvel films, if you think about superhero films and the like, this is just presented as what men look like. And if your boy doesn't look like that naturally. Then he's like, again, we go back to the man box. I don't have the body of a man. So I must now, you know, change myself in order to fit that model. And it is so pervasive. So I think that is a huge part of this. And, I, you know, we really need to have the same kind of conversations that we have with girls about ridiculously thin um, body shapes. We need to have the same conversation with boys about ridiculously large muscular body shapes.
0: Dr. Christopher Scanlon and Casey Edwards, thank you so much for your time and well done on your new book, Bringing Up Boys Who Like Themselves. We'll put all the links on our RNZ website.